Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. I am really excited about my guest this week, Lisa McFadden. I met her last year for the first time at Cape Fear 24 Hour, and I'm really discovering what a um, badass ultra runner she is also. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but Lisa, you ready to go for a run? I'm ready. All right. Awesome. Well, let's start out with your background. Who are you? What do you do for a living, family, all that important stuff? Well, thank you for having me. This is actually my very first podcast, so that's kind of exciting. I was born and raised in Alabama, and I've lived in North Carolina since about 1998. Married to my husband, Glenn, and we have four great kids. And for my professional career, I work for Harnett County. I have been with the county for about 22 years. 21 of those were in IT, and about a year and a half ago, I became the budget director. So You went from IT to budget? Wow. (laughs) No switching that, Lisa. Okay. I like a challenge. (laughs) You took one on. That's awesome. So the other thing is Glenn is also, is he still the mayor of Lillington? He is. He has actually been mayor since 2005. Okay. That is awesome. And one of your kids last year ran the Cape Fear, right? Actually, three of them did. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yes. So, so my daughter, Peyton, she's 23, and she's about to go back to get her master's at NC State this fall. And she was the one doing registration and packet pickup. She's got knee issues, so she wasn't out there. But my three sons were my oldest son, Ethan. He's 21. He's a senior at ECU and he went out and he did 13 miles and left. Okay. So that's why most people didn't see him, but my twins, Sam and Jay, they'll be 11 in a couple of weeks. And my son, Sam, he actually got 44 miles yeah. this year. And he was out there in the middle of the night running, which I was like, how is he not asleep? <laughs> that was amazing. I think that was because he was talking to everybody he could find. (laughs) He was definitely chatty. It was fun chatting with him. I think I I chatted with him one lap and then he decided I was moving way too slow. So (laughs) (laughs) how did you get into running? Well, let's see. I was not a runner in high school. I know a lot of runners start there. I was a cheerleader, but I did have a little stint in the 10th grade where I thought, well, maybe I could run hurdles. You know, I can jump over things because my brother and sister, they were the track stars. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm going to try it. Well, needless to say, that wasn't, that wasn't my forte. So I gave that up after one year. (laughs) And then when I was 29 ish, I decided I was going to start trying to run. So five K's led to 10 K's to half marathons to marathons. And then when one day I decided I was going to do the goofy challenge and I ran into a friend who I knew years past had done that. And I asked her, I was like, well, what did you do to train for that? And she said, well, I, I run ultras now. And I'm like, what is that? And she started to explain it. But the two things that I picked up out of that is you get to walk a lot and you get to eat a lot. <laughs> and then that sort of hooked me. And I was, I spent months just reading about ultras and I signed up for my first 50 miler in Huntsville, Texas. It was the Sun Mart 50 miler in December of 2007. That event doesn't happen anymore, but I learned so much. Wow. The first thing is the people that you meet at an ultra. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't even have a good working headlamp and somebody on the course gave me their extra one. 
Wow. So it, it was things like that. And so that's what actually got me hooked. And you are, I did some research on you. You are one heck of a runner, Lisa. You have, <laughs> well, you have put together. Okay. So how many Umstead 100 mile finishes do you have? I just finished my 11th this year. Your 11th. Okay. Yes. And, and sneaky little fact here. So Western States 100 in 2015. I did. That's awesome. And finished? I did with 11 minutes to spare. That is so, so you were one of the golden hour finishers. Yes. And it was very exciting that year. And as soon as I finished, I go into a little medical tent and throw up in the trash can. <laughs> there so you go. I'm, I missed the lady that came in with like six seconds to spare. I was like, what's wow. everybody cheering about? I couldn't go see. That was a pretty toasty Western States that year, wasn't it? It was. I think there was like a 34% drop rate that year. Wow. That's but amazing. That's the best part about living in the South is training in humidity. Yeah. It prepares because you for it, doesn't it? It does. The dry heat. I don't think that bothered me as much as the dust did. Okay. Yeah. So Cause it, that's pretty dusty. So dusty. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I blew dirty boogers for two weeks. <laughs> See, that's, that's a little known ultra marathon fact yes. for those who Wear run a buff out west. If you run out there. Yes. Yeah. So what's your favorite ultra marathon that you've run? Umstead 100. Okay. They okay. put on a magnificent race. Okay. Rhonda Hampton, she, she's an amazing race director. And I try to do a lot of the things that she does at my race. Okay. I was going to say there are some similarities between Cape Fear 24 hour and Umstead. I mean, other than, you know, Cape Fear is a 0.6 mile loop and Umstead's a little bit further than that but um so you've obviously learned a lot from Rhonda and the way she runs that race yes would you say that so running Umstead I mean what is it about Umstead that you because you you've finished 11 times what is it about running Umstead that you like so much it's the people it is the people that are there it's the volunteers it's the course you know you run it multiple times it does not get easier for me. You just learn how to manage the issues that come up. Right. Every time it's different, the weather is crazy. Right. You never know what you're going to get. But the one thing you can always count on is the volunteers there. No matter what you need, they are there. And they're going to give you advice. They're going to kick you out of the aid station. The food is amazing. If you don't see it out there, you just ask and it magically appears. Here That's you go. Amazing. I've got this. <laughs> so that kind of gets your background as a runner. Race director, is Cape Fear the only race that you've race directed? Yes. Well, I've helped coordinate the Harnett County Employee 5K a little bit. Okay. But yes, uh, Cape Fear 24 is the only one I've actually been the director of. And what was Cape Fear? Cape Fear was called something else before, wasn't it? Yes, and I, you know, I'm from the South, so I'm going to try to say it as Dia de los Muertes 24. Okay. It's Day of the Dead. So you've run that one also, right? I did. I ran that the three years that it was held by the Southern Pines Ultra Running Club. And then when they didn't put it on in 2017, I decided to go ahead and take it over and rebrand it for the following year. Okay. I just knew I needed to change the name to something I could say. There you and, go. <laughs> and I know that that's a holiday. It's a Mexican holiday that 
celebrates ancestors and stuff and it falls on that typically that first weekend in November and right. I needed to change that date because the fall is a lot of there are a lot of 24-hour events oh, yeah, there's in this a general area and so I didn't want it because that's also the same weekend as Tideland 24. Okay. So and I didn't want to have a race that was that close to Tideland 24, that close to Henson or Crooked Road. So I was trying to find a good weekend to put it in. And so going forward, it's always going to be on the second weekend in October. Awesome. So Cape Fear, just because it's on the Cape Fear River or? Yes. And actually, it it did take a little while to come up with that name. And I was out running Raven Rock with some friends and we were throwing around some names and and that one came out and it just sort of fit. So we stuck with that. And 2018 was the first year that you directed it, correct? Yes. yes. All right. And so like 2018, how many people came out and ran it? 63. 63. And we had nine people run 100 miles or more. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. That's a good percentage. I know. And so that was that was exciting. And since then, we've had it three times. We'd had it four if 2020 occurred. But in those three years, we've had 24 people earn buckles. That's awesome. Last year, how many people started the race? Because it seemed like there were a lot. 119. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I would have guessed more than that. It Maybe maybe it was that little rainstorm right before the start <laughs> that, that made it seem like there were more people. I don't know. That was well, fun. We had actually filled up last year and we, we maxed out at 150 because of the size of the course. Right. Brad Smythe, who does my timing, when we started this race, I asked him, what's the most amount of people we can put out here? And he said about 125 to 150, basically, if they stayed the whole time, you know, so it was, um, so that's why I cap it at 150. And we filled up last year, had a waiting list, but with COVID around, and like you said, the weather, it dwindled down there towards the last few weeks. But as of today, I have 146 registered. You are kidding already? Yeah, already. So I'll have, I'm pretty sure I'll have that wait list up by the end of the week. It's like I get one or two a day now, people registering. That's amazing. So basically what, when we publish this thing, people that want to sign up may find themselves on the wait list. Yes. And everybody came off the wait list last year. So get on that wait list. Okay. So yeah, it's a register for Cape Fear 24 hour and get on the wait list. Cause I'm telling you, I, I, it's an awesome race. Let me tell you about a pair of shorts that I just started wearing that will blow your ever-living mind. Have you ever bought running shorts and they either have the lining that's like that brief lining and it all just sort of bunches up there in the middle where you really don't want things bunching up? Or you buy these shorts and they got the liners in them and you immediately start running and the liners end up at the top of your legs, not down your leg like you want them to? Well, these shorts don't do that. The liners stay down where you want them. Here's the even better thing that I have found. You know, in the Tidewater, Virginia area, summer running, when everything gets really, really wet, these shorts don't feel like they weigh 3,000 pounds when they're all wet with your 10,000 pounds of sweat. They're amazing. The waistband on these things out of this world it stays where it's supposed to be and the little string that ties it it doesn't come untied and best of all three zippered pockets 
3nailsclothing.com. There's a discount code. You'll see it in the show notes. Use it and get to love these shorts because they're awesome. 3nailsclothing.com. You've created quite the community around the Cape Fear 24-hour. Like You've got legends of the ultra-running sport that come down for this thing. How did that happen? Well, several of them I knew just from other races. They actually had come to the Day of the Dead race. We'll just call it that. Okay. Easier to say. Exactly. Like Paul Hecker. He's there every year. Ray Kay. Ray Krolowitz. Yeah. He's always there. One year he wasn't registered, but he was there. And he did some laps, but he was, he came late. He, he was there and he was helping a friend fix a car or something. And I'm like, let just get a bib and we'll track your miles. And he's like, no, no, I'm just out here for a little bit. So but he ran a lot. Yeah. Probably at least, you know, 62 miles. For those who haven't, who aren't fan boy nerds like me and haven't heard of Paul Heckert and Ray Krolowicz. And I know I'm butchering his last name. (laughs) Who are these guys? They are ultra running legends that have been around for many, many years. Ray has records that I couldn't tell yeah. you about. But well, he used he, to have the 100-mile record. So yes, there's, there's that one until Jim Wamsley decided to be even faster. But just as a person himself, you know, just talking to him, he, he is going to talk to everybody out there. He is going to give you some kind of advice. Oh, and um, the stories are amazing. And the stories. Oh, yes. my gosh. I did a couple of loops with him in the middle of the night. And it was it was some of the most memorable miles I've done because I I could just you know tow along with him and listen to him tell stories about old Dominion Hundred and you know some of these you know races that have been around forever that he's done I think it, six days in the dome was one of the ones that he was talking about and you know it just I mean he's an amazing guy yeah so everybody should come out and at least just to meet Ray and Paul Heckert because Paul is also an, one of the original ultra runners in America isn't he. A lot of these people, for me, I, I know them about their families and their okay, okay, <laughs> and, and, and like what they do for a living, you know, those awesome. kind of things. That is awesome. And I'm a nerd, and I study, you know, ultra running, and I love to nerd out on it. And so yeah, I got like, down to Cape Fear last year, and it may have been you or somebody else said, "Hey, did you know Joey Anderson is here?" And I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Oh yes, he's yeah. like the greatest little vehicle. <laughs> yep, I love his little vehicle. So I went over and talked to Joey, and then oh, there were just so many people. Jamila came out. Oh no, she so much fun. When when these people start registering, I get nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, look who just signed up for my race. And yeah, I think I would know. be the same way if Jamila <laughs> signed up for one. She is amazing. Yes, I've met her a few times prior to her coming to the race. I've done Ball State a couple of times, and both times I've done it, she's been there. So I have spent a little time with her talking and getting to know her, too. And she, like you said, she is an amazing runner in person. Tom Green, he's coming back for his second time this year. Is he really? Oh, awesome. Yes. Good. He's coming back. I talked to him and his wife at Umstead this year. Okay. They said they were coming back. Awesome. John Price. always good to see him. John Price is amazing. John, yeah. Yep. He's come back for his third time. Okay. In the past, we've also had Joe and Kelly Thegis. They were here for the first year. Henry Lumpton and Kimberly Durst, they've been here for the past two years. Yep. I was going to say Kimberly was there last year, right? Yes. She was there last year and the year before. Okay. 
like all our past champions, a lot of them come back year after year. Scott Horton won it in 2019, and he's been back every year. Yeah. Billy Gunn won last year, and he'll be back again this year. And another really cool fact about Billy Gunn is not only did he finish last year, but his finish at Cape Fear was the 18th best 24-hour finish in America last year. Yes, and that that's one of the things that you know, I strive to do as a race director is to give the runners the opportunity to go out there and achieve whatever goal that they have. Because I think on this course, it's easy to do because being at the ballpark, we get to use the lights. So you don't have to worry about a headlamp changing batteries in the middle of the night. And it's flat except for one little incline. The race is amazing. Where do you draw all of your volunteers from? Because your volunteers for this race are, I wish you could name every single one of them. They're amazing people. They're actually, it's mostly by family and close family friends and a group of my trail sisters. Of course, Glenn helps. He coordinates a lot of the stuff with the parks in the town and the neighborhood behind us. He goes out there and goes to every door and to let them know what's going to be happening that weekend and gives them his cell phone number, telling them if it gets too loud, let him know. Wow. My in-laws, they're the ones that have the big camper that we get to borrow every year. Okay. They come over and we move everything out of my basement, which it's kind of convenient because I'm about a mile and a half if you're driving on the road from the park. Okay. And we move everything from my basement to the park on that Friday. My family, a couple of Close family friends, they come and they start preparing all the food. My friend, Laura Smith, she provides all those big blow-ups decorations. Okay, okay. those and, are fun. Oh, yes. And so, and my friend, Keisha Hagee-Street, she lends us the tents. They come and they help set up. We've got local runners in the area that some have started signing up last year and this year. And they just show up on Friday and say, hey, what can we do to help set up? Wow. And then... I've got several ladies that I've run with for years. Mo Percy, she makes the homemade chocolate chip cookies. and Oh, those were delicious last year. (laughs) Yes. Those don't last very long. And she also said, she also does one of the aid stations at the Umstead Marathon. Okay. She has those cookies there too, just in case you need to know. (laughs) The signups for Umstead Marathon and Cape Fear just went out of this route because it's worth the cookie just to sign up and go run Cape Fear. Oh, good. Well, I'll make sure Mo's back and brings her cookies. There you go. Awesome. Gino Klein is there every year. She She's like the master aid station management. I don't even have to do anything there. When they get there, I just sort of get to take a break because I don't have awesome. to train anybody on tell them what to do. They just sort of take over. Oh, they're just amazing. I mean, everybody is so friendly, so encouraging. It is hard to find volunteers late at night, and it's usually the runners' families that sign up for those because they're there and they're just trying to do something to stay awake. So I am so appreciative of the families that come with the runners that help out through the night. We actually had runners that will run, stop their race or finish their race, get to wherever they wanted to go. And then they come volunteer. Kelly Rose was one last year. She ran, finished, and then she came over and said, what can I do? And in the middle of the night, she was out there making quesadillas. That's amazing. It's definitely a family and kudos to you for the longevity you have in the sport that you've developed so many relationships that you can pull it off so well, because it is a amazingly well-run race. You do a great, great job. Well, I am learning as I go and it helps to have friends. They're also race directors, Dan Page, 
I don't know if you got to meet him. He's the one that does our video and our, he takes pictures and stuff, but he okay. was also the race director for URE 100. Oh, wow. Um, up into this uh, last year was his last year race directing it. So he is actually out there at the race every year, helping out doing stuff. And Jason Ledoyan was there a couple of years ago and he's the race director of Tideland 24. So okay. it's good to have other people there bouncing ideas off of. And since my race was first, they got to have a lot of the leftovers okay. to take to their race. So it's that's a, awesome. You know, that works out great. They all kind of work together. Yeah. Let's kind of finish this up. This is the way we kind of like end our podcast, Lisa. Let's just say you're sitting down with somebody who's getting ready to run their first ultra marathon. Maybe it's their first 24 hour. What are you going to tell that person? I actually do this quite a bit with the new people that I'm trying to recruit. I'm always trying to do that. I'm like, you can do this. Anybody can do this. <laughs> Basically with a 24 hour race, there's no pressure especially if this is your very first one and you just don't know what to expect. I like to tell them just to set several goals, just maybe a small one, a medium, a large one, and maybe an I wish goal. And once you hit each of those little goals, you know, celebrate that little achievement and then continue on because you're not going to know what you can do until you keep trying. And you've got 24 hours to keep trying and keep going. But when you start running into issues like blisters and chafing, you feel nauseous, anything like that, you need to address those issues as soon as they happen. Not like, well, I'll change my shoes at five miles or 10 miles, you know, 10 more miles. Do it at that point. Once that blister hits, it can take you down for a while. Just make sure that you're eating enough and drinking enough. With this, you can take a short break and get back up, take a nap. We have people all the time just sleeping in the chairs that we put out. They get in their car, especially if it's raining or it's cold. Just take a nap and get back out there. Yeah. This past year was the first time I'd had the 100K finisher buckles. Right. And it was so fun to watch as people hit that 50 miler and then they realize, oh, I could get a buckle. I'll keep going. I had so many people tell me after they got that buckle, I was just going to stop at 50. Right. But we gave out 40, at least 41 of those medals. That was good because, you know, they could keep going. And it's funny what people will do for just a little piece of metal. Exactly. It was a small one. Exactly. Yeah, it is awesome. Well, cool. Well, Lisa, that draws us to a close. Any other suggestions you have for people that are ready to come down to Cape Fear? Sign up. Come volunteer if you want to. Just come and hang out and see what it's like. And Willington's a small little town, but it's fun. Well, thank you. That'll do it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.